All right, right so what's the wait? Are we recording? We're rolling. We're okay. rolling. So what is this hot take that you've been making me wait all goddamn day to hear? Um, I've I've figured it out. I think I have figured out why the Paul brothers are basically escalating their platform to fighting. Um, he must not be named. It, it's not just money because it, it goes hand in hand with this. But um, he must not be named. You you are aware who Andy Kaufman is, right? Yes. Uh, TV, my good friend. Do you yep. know who Andy Kaufman is? I do not. Please tell me. Okay. So um, do, did you ever see the film Jim Carrey starred in called Man on the Moon? I do not believe so. That is basically the um, biographical film of the said person. Basically, Andy Kaufman was one of the earliest comedians to break fourth wall. But he did it like, you know, his whole bit was to be bombing. And like, it was obvious that he was bombing, but he was doing it so obviously that it was hilarious. And people got it. Yeah, okay. like a satire almost. Yeah. Gotcha. He, he, uh, his big break was being on the hit TV show Taxi, but he got the spotlight majorly of being on SNL, right? Okay. Um, I highly recommend watching this movie. Okay. Um, Andy Kaufman is a huge inspiration to Jim Carrey's work, and it's another reason why um, he, the bio, not, or the documentary on, uh, him as Andy is on Netflix. It's called Jim and Andy and how pretty much he was suffering the most with his um, mental illness filming this movie. Mm, okay. That's that's a whole can of worms. Gotcha. But, so as it relates to the Paul brothers. So there's this bit that Andy Kaufman does probably in the 80s. He starts going on tour with the Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. and every place he goes into he's a skinny lanky tall man okay he looks like an eastern european disaster that you just <laughs> an eastern european disaster like you, you know how an nba team takes like a top five european all-star and he ends up just being a big man that shoots from the arc the whole time yeah he, he looks like that gotcha. anyway um he starts this bit where he starts wrestling women in each town the wrestling committee sets up at, right? <laughs> and it's an endless bit that gets Jerry the King Lawler involved. Right. And they actually have this K-Fab. <laughs> yeah, he actually, that's actually real. He must not be named. He was the intergender wrestling champion of the world. It was that's a real title. Hilarious. That yes. Like, th this is comedy at its finest. And there was this whole K-Fab rivalry between uh, the King and Andy Kaufman. Probably one of the major reasons why the King was able to become a color commentator on WWE. Gotcha. Uh, erroneous of everything. The Paul brothers pretty much have exercised everything that they could being social media um like a big social media presence for literally the past decade. Mm -hmm. And they got their 
fame from you know youtube and vine right for the most part yeah despite the fact that logan paul his career was almost in the shitter because of what he experienced going through that japanese forest and disrespecting it Yeah, yeah yeah him facing floyd mayweather is basically comparable to this level of what andy coffin was doing okay he's basically so you think the fix is in yes the fix is in yes and i mean if this wasn't the death of boxing shit with tyson and roy jones coming out of retirement for that fight didn't kill boxing we, we could say boxing's been dead you know for a while now because it's not the same level that it used to be but it's just you have the same concept with floyd who he has nothing to lose but his record but it's it it it's not going to count it's not against him it's a ever but a scrimmage whatever you want to call it it's not right it's not but we should have held this expectation that floyd is willing to do this kind of entertainment when he went to face Big Show on WrestleMania. Listen, Floyd May- Money Mayweather has never turned down a dollar he hasn't seen. Listen, that's why they call him Floyd Money Mayweather. Mm-hmm. And he said it himself, you know, whatever it is, 25, 50 million, whatever he's making on this to go beat up Logan Paul. Why mm-hmm. not? Th- this is what I see about this and what I, f- I find very unfortunate about it is I am a fan of fighting. I'm a fan of MMA. I'm a fan of boxing. And boxing was actually really coming up on a high period in the last like 10 years. They've been on a very bad lull. And right. when you had the ascension of guys like Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Ty- um, Anthony Joshua, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, like a bunch of these good guys. Most of those guys I named were heavyweights. So it was kind of the, the bringing back of the heavyweight division. And to see this, these Paul brothers basically take away all the spotlight from these amazing, great boxers is just crazy. I do see what you're saying, and I do think it is probably a KFAB thing as far as Logan Paul is concerned because I don't see how it couldn't be when you get – Record-wise, the greatest boxer of all time to come out there and fight you. What I do find interesting is I don't think Jake Paul is doing KFAP because Jake Paul just signed today to have another boxing match in, I think, August or December against Tyron Woodley, who is a former UFC welterweight champion of the world and who has cinder blocks for hands. So that's going to be interesting. This is I, gonna saw, be- I saw the announcement today. Um, they actually announced it yesterday, but I Maybe. saw the major announcement you want to see some high quality Everyone. violence? Go look up Ty- Tyron Woodley knockout highlight reel, right? Tyron Woodley, unfortunately, the last part of his MMA career has not been great. But dude, I don't care. That guy's cinder blocks for hands. Here's my problem, okay? Woodley, what 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 is his age? It said thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just turning thirty nine. Five foot nine, one hundred seventy one pounds, welterweight. That's what he okay? fought at. That's what he fought at. That's what he fought at. Okay. That's not what he... I'm assuming he probably walks around north of 190. Okay. If I had to guess. Sure. Right now? Probably. Um, the, the best thing about these matches is that they're not, you know, for any um, weighted belt by any means whatsoever. Yeah. But it's just Ben Askren, the last guy he fought, how old was he? Uh, ben Askren was also... Pushing 40. This is the thing you have to remember. Ben Askren is a collegiate wrestler who actually wrestled at the same university as Tyron Woodley. Yes. But he's a guy who 
his MMA career was largely based on his wrestling. He would take guys down and beat them up. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, you, uh, you know who for correcting me. The 36, uh, Ben Ashkin will be this year. So Tyron Woodley is a, is a decent boxer. He had good MMA boxing skills. This is going to be by far Jake Paul's biggest test. And honestly, I hope Tyron Woodley knocks him out. Please. It, it's, you, Just put you a know, stop to this nonsense. I Seriously, I really like. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I really hope Floyd Mayweather starches Logan Paul, whatever it's KFAB or not, and I really hope Jake Paul yeah. gets starched because I need an end to this nonsense. I want real boxing back on. Right. Well, I don't think we're ever going to get real boxing again. I, I really don't. Well, you never um, listen. The great, the golden age of boxing is far, far away from us. But oh, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. That fight is this weekend. Um, you know that that's as much publicity that I'm going to give it. Um, I'm, I'm not buying it. Fuck that. Yeah, don't buy it. No, Just, I'm not. You know, pirate it or find it somewhere. Go to a buddy's house. Go to a, I, I don't care. No comment. <laughs> I played the fifth. Please stop giving Floyd money as well. Yeah, like, that's and, also something and, that we believe in. Please stop giving Floyd. I mean, money. Listen, honestly, Floyd Mayweather's made more money than he knows what to do with, and he was not. She, he who shall not be named brought up a great point. Boxing is a sideshow spectacle at this point because of these these guys, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And people watch it for the the craziness of it to see Nate Robinson go out there and and box Jake Paul or whoever. And like I said, I want to see, especially when there are like I said, those four guys I need. <sighs> three of them are heavyweights: Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder. And they are all so entertained to watch, and they're great boxers they are masters of that martial art and that's what i want to see i want to see fighting at its greatest level do i mind a boxing sideshow every now and again no of course not give me floyd mayweather and conor mcgregor that shit was fun yeah you know, even jake paul and Ty- tyron woodley at least tyron woodley is an a comparable striker like so well, I, I i don't know it, it's it's gonna be a lot more entertaining those first two matches that i do know you can say that again oh man oh man how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Uh, very, very busy. I've been working quite a bit. I, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually had more day off, which was nice. But the weather up here this weekend was awful. I mean, you still had all the people going down the Jersey Shore for more day weekend because that's what everybody does. Summertime, was, baby. Yeah, exactly. If people have been locked up in their houses for a year, it's summertime. They're like, whether it's you know, rain, sleet, or snow, we're going. But I had to work. I took yesterday off and. Uh, Took today off also, so it's been a good week, man. Good for you. Thank you, sir. Good for you. Yeah, um, it, it was a crazy-ass week last week, just doing everything, preparing for the first festival back. And um, it wasn't a bad turnout for my first time, you know, trying to sell merch at a fest. So it's pretty good and an overall great experience. And I know what expectations to have for um, – future endeavors so work shall continue one way yeah man that must have been lit that be at a freaking music festival again yeah man um and all in all it was pretty mild from you know the usual i guess uh population that i normally see i mean yeah this is the first you know post-covid yeah yeah shows so it is what it is. It is what it is. Welcome to the Yes Bro TV podcast. My name is Maddie, host of this show. All the way in the airwaves of New York is my main man, TV. Say hello to the people, TV. How's it going, everybody? Good to be here. Maddie, you know who? How y'all doing? 
pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. And, uh, of course, uh, he must not be named is in the shadows, uh, keeping us in check for this show. We should definitely get into it. Um, let's do spoiler, it, man. Let's do that spoiler. podcast. So, yeah, let's do that podcast. Spoiler alert for um, those who are still listening. This will be probably more heavily leaning to sports. So, if you just are not into the whole sports thing, just take the little cursor and fast forward it all the way. So, let's do that. Hockey. First things first, we're going to talk about the greatest news from the local standpoint. Um, Tampa's very own Tampa Bay Lightning did end up beating the Florida Panthers, their state rival. Um, I believe the last time we record, we were saying that they were going to beat them that night, and they did not, unfortunately. But um, the Lightning did advance after winning the next game, Game 5, beating the Panthers 4-1 to and advanced to play the Carolina Hurricanes, which started on Sunday night for the next round. And there was a lot of different rounds still going on. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, Carolina is actually a really tough opponent for the Lightning this uh, round. And I got to tell you, if they end up putting it to Carolina the right way, I don't see Tampa spinning out of this playoff. Um, Carolina did, I think they beat the Lightning in more games this season. I didn't check it, but I know um, they finished ahead of them in the division. So um, in one case, Tampa's the underdog, but just like, they valued in the very beginning when the playoffs started. Kucherov missed a majority of the regular season. So a lot of these teams that are facing the Lightning have no idea how to handle a healthy Nikita Kucherov, especially with the captain Stamkos, who's also there by their side. So um, TV, uh, I know you're still wrapped up in basketball, but have you ventured any playoff hockey yet or you're waiting for the next round to I, show up i was actually waiting for this round to start up so now i am actually very very interested in it um like i said previously when we talked about the lightning going on the run kucherov is not of this earth he is not a human mm-hmm. being i am no. con- convinced he is an alien and we need <laughs> to clone his dna so we can uh have a stronger human race because what the fuck Esterbro? yeah man. how is he playing how is he playing i don't get it. i mean I, he got surgery well before the season started and I, I think it was a solid month before the season started and then they said he's out for the year and the primary concern was the health of the higher caliber players stammer headman point and you know they held on and they pretty much kept it together for the most part those lines are still strong this is a good team and you know, they are. It's a good. It's a good team with or without Cooch. By the way, to answer your previous question, the Lightning were four and two against the Hurricanes this regular season. Oh, really? Four and two. I and thought they we lost. Currently, more games. We're they're actually they're playing right now, and we are up one to zero in the very beginning of the second period. 
All right, I'm not going to say anything this time because literally last week when you said they were le- the Lightning were leading the game yeah. and um, they ended up losing. So I'm not saying anything this recording. No, so. me neither. And good, listen, yo, good on the Florida Panthers for making it a series. I think it's great to see that young franchise come up and actually make some noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But listen, cue up Thunderstruck. We're going to get past Carolina. I'm going to talk, gonna talk shit to all my cousins who live in Charlotte how the Lightning's going to beat the Hurricanes, and we're going to move on to the conference final. Are your cousins aware that um, the Hurricanes were the Atlanta Thrashers? Yes. They are aware of that. My, my cousins in Charlotte are actually humongous hockey fans. Like, humongous. Really? My uncle okay. in Charlotte's a humongous hockey fan. So my uncle, quick story, my uncle from who lives in Charlotte was born and raised in New York, so he grew up playing ice hockey. So hockey's big for him. Obviously, his boys, he taught them how to, you know, how to play hockey and watch hockey and appreciate it. So they're, they're nice. actually they're a big hockey family. So, yes, Very they are nice. aware of the Thrashers uh, history. Do they um, split the arena with um, the Hornets? I believe so, yes. That's dope. That's cool. I need to visit Charlotte. Charlotte's great. You'd love it. It's actually a really cool city. I hear great things. It's super young. It's super young. There's actually there's a ton of banking going on there now, but it's just got a lot of outdoor spaces. I mean, the weather's perfect. Yeah. No, it's it's really great out there. Yeah. Um, Listen, bro. Anytime you want to go, let me know. You want to go to Charlotte? I'll take you. Is huh? there? Yeah, man. You know what? You and I should definitely go down there. Say when we'll do a road trip. Word. Cool. Oh, Wilson, why did you run up that? You suck. Oh, come, on, bro. <laughs> come on, don't start complaining about baseball yet. Um, time. Are there more people watching the Islanders in your neck of the woods? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? I mean, here's the thing, right? You have to equate Islanders fans to Mets fans. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. They're diehards. I, I, I put in the same trifecta the Mets, the Islanders, mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks. The Jets. No. Yes. Um, yes. Actually, yes, it is. The, the majority of my right. friends yeah, who are yeah, Mets yeah, fans yeah, are yeah. also Jets fans are also Islanders fans. Do they, do they, but do they all have that? Are they also Knicks fans or have they just cut their losses? With so the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks things is funny because even though there's always been two basketball teams in New York, if you ask, I think the majority of New Yorkers that will say their team is the New York Knickerbockers, right? Of course. Jersey. Very much like the Devils have a very, very diehard fan ship in New Jersey. The Nets also did. And so when they moved to Brooklyn, yes, of course, now there's more Brooklyn there's more Brooklyn Net fans in New York than there was because Obviously. they didn't play on that side of the river. Obviously. But for the most part, the basketball team in New York is the Knicks who are in a ass lot of trouble. But we'll get to my that own, later. Yeah. My Don't only, worry. I got you. Uh, but yes, listen. My I would, only assumption is because the color scheme is the same minus the Jets. Listen, all I know is – yeah, yeah, exactly. There's it's yeah. all orange and orange and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my thing. The mm-hmm. Islanders, I appreciate them as a franchise and I appreciate their fanship, just like how I've explained this podcast several times. I appreciate the fanship of Mets and Jets fans because even though their teams are fucking terrible, they're still diehard fans and they show up all the time. I hope the Islanders beat the fucking breaks off the Bruins. Oh, really? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, because honestly, I would rather play New York. Even though New York's a tough team, I mean, fuck Boston. That, that's the whole point of this segue is that Tampa's and Boston's bad blood history is it, – it's there. 
and you know tom brady betraying new england just made that even more real i love it yeah but you know you, you see it in ray's red sox games i don't care what you stanks fans say that's that's there um you know bruins and bolts fans hate the shit out of each other yep i i i do not know one bruins fan that likes a lightning player uh and... obligatory uh fuck brad marchand yeah you should be named thank you very much that too i'm glad he said so i didn't have to right quick um montreal upset the toronto maple leaves after coming back from a 3-1 deficit i mean montreal won game one toronto then won three straight after that it looked like that it was finally going to be the chance that toronto had to actually be a playoff uh contender in this playoff oh little did they thought that you know this cinderella story had to come to an end at some point and they ended up losing three straight games i just think that it's hilarious how often it happens that hockey teams blow 3-1 leads like it is so so common that it happens Mm -hmm. and honestly I don't know. Something's go. There is some voodoo going on in Toronto right now. I don't know. They're they're down tremendously. Good listen. I mean, good for the Canadians. I want to see Montreal win another Stanley Cup. You know? Do not, you? Not before the Lightning. Not before the Lightning. Not before the Lightning. But I do want them to win another one. There's there's this presence that Hobbs fans carry themselves the same way as Yankees fans do, where they think that they deserve every title. But, you know, lately you haven't heard that because they haven't been a playoff contender. And I said at the beginning of the season, even with this pod, that it's probably a good chance that Montreal comes back this year. And that comeback from a 3-1 deficit is something that turns some heads and says, okay, maybe this is your shot. Because they got an opportunity to now uh play winnipeg and i think they're favored in uh that matchup between them and the winnipeg jets um so yes uh if there's anything that i want i want the montreal Canadiens to take back their title of most championships in north america so i can never hear yankees fans brag about 27 ever again however the more important thing I want to bring up of the downfall of the Maple Leaves, because I'm a Cubs fan and I never wish this upon anyone's team, but are the Leaves the new Chicago Cubs? I mean, they uh, haven't won since the original six days. Uh, they always have been. They always have been. He is not wrong. <laughs> Oh, like that man oh is not wrong. There's a reason why Mike Myers picked that team for the Love Guru. Oh my god! Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Oh no! Wow. Way to kick them when they're down. God, the worst movie he ever made, and 
I never realized that. That makes total fucking sense. That's now. so funny. I actually love that fucking movie. Do you? Yes, I. I like, can't finish it every time. I, I every am time. a person who just loves dumb shit puns and I know just you pun do. humor, and that is what that movie is. It's like the like when he's like talking to his. Uh, his like assistant he's like get me an alligator soup and make it snappy and he's like get it because it's an alligator and it bites but yet i want it prompt (laughs) and like i fucking lose it every time it's so dumb but i i I know it's a terrible movie but like it's just it's full of quick quips like that that are really funny i feel like yours and i's relationship is very much like uh brian and stewie griffin (laughs) (laughs) that's too funny i actually watched an awesome powers um movie marathon today it was fantastic i forgot how amazing those movies are i love Austin. even if they're cringy they're great uh by the way uh montreal is a a three-point favorite to win that series against one yes they are just by three so it's it's literally almost a wash whoever comes out of that is gonna have to face the colorado avalanche versus uh the las vegas i'm sorry is it the knights no it's not the knights it is the knights i'm sorry i was wrong um the colorado avalanche are going to be faced are currently facing the las vegas knights and um last night's match colorado absolutely punished las vegas in this next round um i have all my faith that whoever comes out of this is going to be a bigger Stanley Cup odds favorite between um, Montreal and Winnipeg. Um, they will so be. Whoever wins I, that series is going to be the betting favorite to win yeah. the Stanley Cup. And listen, honestly, if Colorado wins it, they should be because that team's scary. Oh, yeah. Team's super scary. Yeah, it really is. And I really think... What what's going to make a really glorious Stanley Cup matchup is definitely going to be Tampa versus Colorado. I think somebody was calling that professionally before the Stanley Cup playoffs Probably. began. I don't recall who. Here's something that I want to bring up to you, TV. Mm-hmm. I knew this was as funny. as the cherry on top. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I I think you're jumping the gun. Probably. You are. It's my mo. Anyway, um, this is how the tangent begins, though. Mm-hmm. So it is confirmed that hockey's uh, broadcasting is changing hands. And uh, some news that came out last week that uh, dropped after our episode is that the great one is coming to the panel at TNT. Mm-hmm. for um next season of hockey which i really think is going to be pretty sensational of course for, it is uh, a new generation to see the great one in action i mean it's it's rare to see michael jordan you know get any presence on television that does not involve money that's also because <laughs> michael that's also because michael wants it that way yeah that's but we all know why. We all know why. We, we all watched the last. Listen, to think learn. about it. If you're a kid that was reason. if you're a kid that was born, let's say like after the year two thousand, do you really know who Wayne Gretzky is? Mm, probably not. Do you have any idea? Unless if you watched highlight film, right? Unless you're like you know, you grew up in a hockey family. 
You know what I mean? I can't recall when he managed the Phoenix Coyotes, but even then, that was abysmal for him. So, yeah. Um that that's one way of putting it. Um I think it would be absolutely hysterical if there was some blending of the TNT crew <laughs> with Gretzky. God, you that'd be so I'm good. Saying? Oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I mean, the the only reason why I say this is because Ernie does baseball playoffs when when they're on Turner, when they're on TBS. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like TBS has some good uh rights in the stake of the playoffs before they go to the pennants. And um I really think it would just absolutely be funny if you get like Shaq or Charles, because you know, Charles is a personality. And after watching, you know, the golfing champions um the last time around where we mentioned it on the show small quick sidebar aaron Rodgers, tom brady are getting a rematch but on the greens with uh bryson dechambeau we got and phil mickelson we gotta circle back to this real quick we got to remind me we gotta circle back to this for a second we'll do this at the end we gotta circle back to this shit it's too funny okay you know and you know what you know what i'm talking about too Yes. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so the last time that uh, the great one was involved in any – he when he was back in the Oilers um, as yeah. the vice chairman of the team. Um, mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> this – actually, just last week, he announced his stepping down as the Oilers, and he's going to join Turner Broadcast. So, listen, I think it's great. Like I said, if you're – you know, he retired in 99, so if you were born after the year two, you know, the year 2000 or after, you probably have no idea who Wayne Gretzky is. And- the way I look at this – is basically the Steve Kerr route, okay? Steve retires, he joins the front office, and has his first coaching gig for the Phoenix Suns. It's very hilarious that it was both similar, that they both coached in Phoenix. And he crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it because of the notorious trade that he gave Shaq away to Miami? Wasn't it that instance correct me if i'm wrong when uh when steve kerr was um part of the suns when he was an um i'm pretty sure a downfall of that whole uh tactic of his career was that trade from from what i understand either way you know you learn from your mistakes necessarily and i'm not saying the great one hasn't transitioned well steve kerr went from working in the front office to watching a shitload of film as a play-by-play color commentator and that's how he developed the perfect coaching skills after coming from two great coaching trees and i'm not saying that you know he stole the blueprint of mark jackson for golden state but he's Steve Kerr did what Phil Jackson couldn't, and is that lead the horse to water and made it drink. And that's why Golden State turned out to the caliber championship dynasty team as they were. Maybe Gretzky spends the next half decade to a decade being the play-by-play commentator before he goes to another team to coach them and makes them Stanley Cup champions. We don't know. 
maybe it's the same uh, plague he's taken out of Kerr's book. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I really think that Gretzky coming to TNT for uh, the next hockey season is actually going to be a lot more um, entertaining for hockey fans. I has all the expectation in the world for him to um, bring in more viewers. Well, listen, and, and it's and it's great for the sport. Of course, and listen, this is why I can appreciate a guy like you know. This is very similar, and actually, in a, even a bigger way, of a guy like Shaquille O'Neal calling basketball, mm-hmm. because you have one of the greatest. It, when, when Wayne Gretzky, the greatest hockey player who's ever lived. I mean, his, his nickname is literally the great one. I mean, to have him there calling games and giving his take on things is going to be, for hockey fans, absolutely just priceless and a treat. And I think it's great, you know. And just to clarify the whole Steve Kerr thing, Steve Kerr was um, involved with the Phoenix Suns from 2004-2014. He was the general manager of the team – from I want to say I have it right here from 2007 until 2010 and the trade you were talking about was he traded um Shaquille O'Neal to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Ben Wallace and uh Shasha Pavlovic and a second round draft pick um and listen that that he ended up stepping down in 2015 as the um president general manager and continued to own the team until 2014 when he got hired by the Warriors so it doesn't say that that's exactly why he stepped down, but he wasn't he wasn't fired or anything like that. He stepped down as the general manager of the team. Did I say he was fired? Uh, regardless, I don't know if you said it or not, but he wasn't. You know, it wasn't like he got kicked out of Phoenix or anything. No, like but I know he 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 got heavy involved in broadcasting. Yeah, well, he was in. He worked for Turner directly after his retirement before he got involved with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and he kept good rapport with that, which yeah. is good. I loved him on color commentary. I mean, obviously, he's now flat flowered into the premier coach in the NBA outside of Greg, Pop- Greg Popovich. But, I mean... Well, Greg retires. He's he's basically the greatest coach in the league, probably next to Spolstra in any argument. Uh, yeah, I mean, if once Pop's gone, you're basically looking at Steve Kerr, um, Eric Spolstra, Nick Nurse. Um, <laughs> I refuse. No, to... no, I know. I'm kidding. I I, I love throwing that in there just to, just to fuck with you. It's He's just a cartoon funny. character. I know. I know. He's not real. Uh, Frank Frank Vogel. No, I'm kidding. Frank Vogel is actually pretty good. <laughs> he was he was literally stolen from Boston. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so li- we, we should definitely switch lanes into uh, this topic and speaking of talk people about in Boston <laughs> controversy. Yeah. So as everyone is aware, the NBA playoffs is also going on right now. And there's some great mm-hmm. series right now. The Portland Nuggets series is tied to two. So is the Lakers and Suns, And so is the Clippers and the Mavericks. Great series. Um, and there's a lot of good basketball going on. Unfortunately, what's being 76ers couldn't shut the door with the uh, sweep. Yeah, uh, 76ers lost last night to the Wizards to make it 3-1. to Joel Embiid did go out of the game with an injury, and I believe— Not playing game five. Not playing game five. Ben Simmons was a combined, I think, five for 11 from the free throw line, so they just— Side, Sidebar. Sure. Did you see Doc roast the reporters about yeah. saying to bench Ben Simmons? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did, and I completely agree with him. Uh, is it this... is it is it frustrating that he's shooting five for eleven from the free throw line? Yes, it's very frustrating. But you literally can't take him out of the game. Just like Phil Jackson was never going to take Shaquille O'Neal out of the game. This would be the part with um, Jaime criticizing uh, Doc's coaching skills. 
It listen. You I, know what? He should take Ben Simmons out. No, I he want shouldn't. him to. Uh, and Jaime would once again like always be wrong about yeah. his basketball take. Listen, it's you. You can't. You. He's one of your two best players. You literally cannot take him out of the game. You can't. It's you. You can't bench him. No. You can't. Who cares? Is he can't shoot free throws? You know who else couldn't shoot free throws? Shaquille O'Neal. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it really doesn't matter. You know, LeBron James had a, has, a, has had a struggle shooting free throws this offseason. Are you going to take LeBron James – or this postseason, are you going to take LeBron James out of the lineup? No, you're not. Yes, I'll do it. No. I'll take LeBron out of the game. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. So, I mean, listen, Especially there's... when he says he's going to carry the team now, now that AD's probably out for the rest of the series. Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it, there's a lot of – unfortunately, what's getting all the attention right now is the fans acting out of pocket at these games, which is just mm-hmm. – I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy. And, you know, I want to almost rationalize it thinking like it's co- – you know, was, we're, this, we're post-COVID playoffs. Fans are at basketball games. They're feeling rowdy, you know. But there's just – there's lines that you don't cross, man. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your stance was on the pandemic, okay? Just because sports organizations say, let there be fans and fill the stands with, you know, any um, fans whatsoever, they should be fucking privileged to be back in seats to begin with. And the fact that you're acting a fucking fool to ruin it for the rest of them does not make you any better or worse. It doesn't. And listen, you know, and anybody who listens to the show knows I am not the biggest fan of Kyrie Irving. He is one of my favorite basketball players to watch, but I think a lot of the stuff he says is out of pocket, but he's right. When he talks about how, when he was going back to play in Boston for the first time, how he doped that fans don't, you know, turn things racial or anything like that. And people kind of like questioned him. Like, why would he say that? He's 100% right because there are certain arenas in the NBA that are known for this kind of shenanigans. The TD Garden is one of them. You know, the farmhouse in Indiana is another one. Yeah. You know, the where the Sixers play is another one, which I'm going to get to the game from t- last night, which also had yeah. an, a guy acting an absolute fucking fool. You had it both at the Garden. You've had it where Atlanta plays. You've had, you've had four separate events. In this playoff so far, you've had the guy throwing the water bottle at Kyrie Irving. You mm-hmm. have the the guy who dumped an entire bottle, a bucket of popcorn on Russell Westbrook when he's mm-hmm. going to the locker room with an injury. Mm-hmm. You had the guy last night in Philly who tried to get on the court halfway through the, by the way, security guard who took him, took that guy down. Beautiful double leg takedown. It was absolutely textbook. I love to see it. <laughs> the one that killed me is, of course, Madison Square Garden. With the guy trying to spit on Trey Young as he's inbounding the ball. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. Are you crazy? And this yep. and Russell Westbrook said it best. What is what is really messed up about this is is if you are that person who is throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook, there is no shot you are doing that to his face in the streets. It's never happening. Absolutely not. So the point I was trying to get at is, you know, there is no way to stop these people acting crazy outside of basically banning them for life, right? Because mm, – You're not wrong. No, and everybody always says you have to limit alcohol content and, and, and alcohol consumption at the games. 
We've all been to games before. We all have tailgated before. And it's fair to say I've been bombed for basically every sporting event I've been in to, I've been to since I've been an adult way before I ever got in the stadium. So you're not going to control that. First of all, alcohol prices in a big city like New York or Philly or Boston are crazy at the stadiums. And just most people just they want to get banged up before they go in anyway. So you're not going to stop that. The one thing I have always said is, and I never understood this, I don't. I understand that people pay a lot of money for courtside seats. Why are courtside seats literally courtside? You know what I mean? Like, why are those fans so close to the players? It is the only sport where they are that the close. And the but the, it's the only professional sport where they're that close. It's the only one. Even fighting, uh, boxing, and UFC. What, what other sport can you get that close to the players? Well, I mean, I'm not the one to judge watching a baseball game people st- sitting right behind the umpire but it's a complete different point of view but standard. people are sitting behind the umpire x yeah. amount of feet back behind a net you yeah, understand what the, i'm saying the net is mandatory and i'm not going to get into that you know why i get well obviously the net has to be mandatory but you get what i'm saying like I do. why i do why you're, why you're are 100 court... right you are and and why are the courtside seats like i get it that they sh- that you know they're your courtside so you look okay, at you want to be on arena there. football yeah, arena football. Yeah, that's the only other one that, get, that listen, gets as close. Listen, I love hockey banging on the glass. I do too. <laughs> I think I think you should. I think at this point, like basketball stadiums, really need like bat, like that's what they need. You need boards. You need to put up the glass. You need to put up the glass because this, this is crazy at this point. This what what my whole point with this is. As a basketball fan, I can distinctly remember the mouse of the palace. Right, I can distinctly remember it. We all do. And how bad that was for the sport. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing I want to see. I have said it on this podcast several times. A lot of people have certain opinions on the NBA based on whatever. That's all fine and dandy. I love the game of basketball. I think it's a beautiful game, and I want it to continue. And these fans are ruining it. The fact that the NBA playoffs is in its first round, and this is our first round of playoffs post-COVID, where we have butts in seats, and we have to look at these idiots Instead of watching these guys talking about how Giannis just kicked the shit out of my heat, you know what I mean? Or how the Suns have an, have an opportunity to stop and give LeBron James his first first round exit in the playoff ever in his career. But we're talking about these idiots instead. Exactly. So exactly. let me pick your brain a little bit. What do you like what do you think should happen to these people? Like if you do something like this, what needs to happen? <clears throat> Because I think that's the only way. I I come from a good long line of hecklers, regardless of the entertaining um, atmosphere. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because quick sidebar. Yeah. There is one thing about heckling, right? And like going back to – I do it. I'm sure you must not be named, does it? We've all done it. Occasionally. Going back to what Kyrie Irving said – I do not agree with you heckling someone using a racial slur or anything like that. That's fucking disgusting, and you shouldn't do it. Well, of course nobody should bring it. The, just like you shouldn't bring up anybody's mother, family no, member. Absolutely not. All things considered, it's it's. Well, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna argue ethics on this show. No, obviously not. So, but there should be a standard, you know, to go by. I mean, there's a fine line between yeah. heckling and then trying to physically impose yourself on the game or on a player period right no 100 percent. and i mean you know 
a, a lot of the things bit by bit said does affect you know every single detail in a player's mind and you know it could be anxiety it could be depression we're, we're gonna get into a lot of those juicy bits a lot later if i'm an athlete i'm a black athlete and i continue to endure these kind of remarks even if they are racist i just i i have to like look at myself in the mirror it's like how is this still going on and that and that's the reason why they've clapped back and said that we will not take this anymore and i applaud them for standing up for themselves and taking the manners in their own hands this is something we've been seeing for years it started peacefully and now it's getting worse absolutely. it's getting absolutely worse it's like you said it's just shocking that we're still dealing with this shit in 2021 you know what 100%. i mean 100 100 this ended you know more than 50 years ago and yet we're, we're still seeing the ripple effects from it it's it's absolutely fucking sad mm -hmm. so my my final take on the people what should happen to them yeah you you damn right they should be banned For you don't life. you don't you don't get the liberty oh. or the freedom to enjoy what everybody else has you forfeited because, that you forfeited that right when you decide to act like an 100%, ass 100 percent, 100 percent, and you shouldn't what you get one bad apple to spoil the bunch and it's just all of a sudden there's fucking more stricter rules for us as well you know he who should not be named just made a great point and he made the point that they should be banned from all stadiums and nba paid tv content and i could not agree with you more i think the getting them to not have nba paid tv content is probably gonna be a tough tough sell because at the end of the day the nba does still want their money whether they want to say it or not but i listen i think that's 100 percent fair I, why should why should that fan who threw that water bottle at kyrie irving just only be banned from the tv garden he should be banned from every nba stadium period same thing with the guy who tried running on the court in philly last night Banned from every NBA stadium for life. Sorry. And like I said prior, the disgusting motherfucker <clears throat> that tried spitting on Trey Young in New York needs to go to jail. He needs to be arrested. It's fucking ridiculous. Dude actually tried doing that. On the grandest stage in literally the mecca of basketball. And listen, everybody knows Mass Square Garden is not an easy place to play basketball. You want to talk about expert level heckling. The fans in the garden are expert level ha hecklers. But that's yeah, yeah. that's just that's just fucking well, awful, man. Boston it's just has, disgusting. Boston has all the tricks in the book for that. <laughs> but they really do. They have all the and uh, he should not be named. We we said this when we said this earlier. If you spit on people in most states, it, you could get an assault charge against you. It's it's ridiculous. Like, oh I, man, don't get me started. Skip and. Um, Shannon were talking about it yesterday on uh, um, Undisputed. And um, Skip read the statutes. Okay. He read them. <laughs> Skip Bayless, also expert level heckler and troller. 
hundred percent black belt in trolling. Hundred percent. And you know what? He does it with daggers, shurikens, you name it. Okay. I'm calling the man who's made his entire career off of being an heckler, an expert. A hundred percent. Black belt level heckler. And yet he, he's never have to reach for those guns. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that he's reading laws. That yeah, right. Like you, like you know, there. you got Skip Bayless reading laws on Undisputed. You <laughs> you have fucked up. You, you have, have seriously fucked up. fucked up. If you got Skip Bayless reading legal statutes <laughs> in New York State. Bef- the man turned we... Shannon Sharp into a paralegal. <laughs> Yo, dude, Shannon Sharp is is he's gonna get the fucking answer booklet to get the highest score on the bar, my guy. He's gonna be practicing law. <laughs> I'm telling you, Esper had this idea a couple weeks ago. We need to do it. We need to listen. I love Skip Bayless, but we need to have him out of there. Get Skip Bayless out of there. Get whoever, whatever girl they have moderating, get her out of there. We need Shannon, Shannon Sharp on one side of the table, Michael Irvin on the other side, and then I need Neon Dion Sanders as the moderator and just let that those was me dudes. Who said that. Oh, was it you? All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he should not be named. I'm sorry. Credits to he who should not be named for that. <laughs> I need it. I need this. I need this program on TV. Um, soft transition from basketball to baseball. Uh, what I'm reading here on Yahoo Sports is is a rumor that A-Rod wants to return to Seattle, but mm. only to move the Timberwolves. Uh, are you buying or selling? Wait, 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 wait. Say that again? Alex Rodriguez wants to move the Timberwolves to Seattle. It's a rumor on Yahoo Sports. Are you buying or are you selling? Buying are you or buying selling. it or are you saying like this is this is fooey? I'd buy it. You'd buy it? I'd buy it. Okay. Why not? I I've been wanting the Supersonics back for a long time. And the Timberwolves are abysmal. They've been abysmal. They've they're just as abysmal as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just, you know, no rings to go with it. I mean, if you think about it, they've only been they they're, they're an expansion team. They've only been around in since 89. You know what I mean? And they've been abysmal outside of drafting Kevin Garnett and Kevin Love. What have they done? Ricky Rubio was such a great signing. How'd that go? Carl Anthony Towns was one of the biggest, you know, rookies to come out of the, you know, come out of college at and for a long time. His best years. Andrew Wiggins, same thing. <laughs> we're, we're, same we're, thing. We're gonna go on this too long. Yeah, say Rod, move, move the Wolves to see. Oh no, I'm all buying Supersonics. I didn't, I didn't like, he, like <clears throat> buying as far as could it happen? Sure, it could happen, but you know. I, would I do I want it to happen? Yeah, absolutely, I do. I listen, and I agree. I think I don't understand why we haven't expanded the NBA since '89. Why was that? That why was the last time? Why was that the last time we expanded? That is a good point. Give us a team in Seattle. Give us a team in Vegas. Vegas has a hockey team and a football team now. Give us a basketball team. That's a good point. I I love for the fact. Um, a Rod was watching Tampa all very closely when the Raptors were here. But I got to tell you, after attending one Raptors game, despite COVID, I really don't think basketball would have a huge presence here in this, uh, in this city. 
I've been corrected, 2004 was the last time. This is the expansion, which is, again, this is exactly what happened. The Hornets had left Charlotte and moved to New Orleans, and then they were expanded in 2004 and given the Charlotte Bobcats. So why can't we bring back the Supersonics? Very good For what statement. reason? For what reason? I, you're not wrong. So let's um, ponder on that for a while because maybe it'll happen. Just a quick we live talk update. About... Quick live update. Nets are up by nine with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. What's that series at? 3-1. Nets win the series is over. They go move on to play Milwaukee in the next round. That's going to be a great series. It's going to be an amazing series. Um, Let's move on. We're not complaining about baseball this time because it is, is the end of May and the beginning of June. We are through the first third of baseball, and we are talking all things Tampa Bay Rays. Rays up. TV, my dude. Yeah, man. You a lot happier than the first month of ball with these boys? Mm, I would say seeing how we only lost five games all month. Yeah, I'd say so. <clears throat> Damn, five games? Five games. That's amazing. Yeah. Out of how many? Winning 23 out of 28 games. Wow. 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 And you only lost one series all month. Correct. Correct. It's to those damn Yankees. But you know what? That's all right. Yeah, that, that is all right. Because the Rays have the Yankees number. And, the, you know, the one thing that the Rays have done that the Yankees haven't done all season is maintain first place. So, there's that. Um, is also true. Everything is going right for this Rays team right now. They competed in a... Um, you know, they swept the angels on the road, you know, they didn't necessarily do the same thing going into the Oakland series. Um, they lost the series to Oakland as well to New York. I've been corrected on that. Um, and then they've just been on a roll after that series. They won 11 straight games. They lost one game to Kansas, but they, they've been winning ever since. So, you know, the, the boys are on fire right now. Um, we have mentioned prior to the show that uh, the Rays are in New York right now. Uh, TV, I don't know why. You've wasted your time not going to see your boys. But I bet the tickets are expensive. They're very expensive. And I'm busy. Yeah, I know. Take clients to Yankee Stadium. What do you want from me, Costanza? No, bro, exactly. And if I go to a Yankee <laughs> game without my girlfriend again, I'd be wearing a nice tight set of cement shoes. Yeah. And my ass floating in the river next to Hoffa. Yeah, but you'll you'll never sport that Yanks cap. And never. you're a dead man. Anyway, um that game's tied in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, John Collins at bat right now. Yeah, I uh you know, if win or lose, the the Rays are still in a better position. Um, the Rays have best the Yankees uh, so far this year. Um, Going to the ninth, three-three. Okay, eight, eight just wrapped. I guess Chapman's going to come out and blow another game. I would hope so. Um, there's one thing that the Rays have proven over the Yankees these past few years is that it's not the 
payroll that does it. Okay. It's the fact that you put the talent on the field to get the job done. You know, what the Yanks pay for is, you know, what something or someone used to be and what they have in their farm just barely makes it. I mean, Aaron judge is going to only get you a certain amount of games. Like I, I haven't seen him finish a season since his early seasons. Okay. Um, and I've never seen a team throw Gary Sanchez so fast under the bus from their fanship. And it's just like, <laughs> I feel so bad for Gary Sanchez. You, I mean, everybody should. He gets so much un- unnecessary heat. Like, it's kind of crazy. And you know what's nuts is? Is not only have the guys, have the Yankees not produced a bunch of guys out of their prospecting, but when the guys come up, they're supposed to be big prospects, and they don't perform, you don't hear anything from the fans about it. No. But when the big money guys that you sign screw up once, it's like, oh, well, we should just trade them. We should just get them out of here. The funniest part is is that Giancarlo Stanton was their, has been their best player all year, despite extending DJ LeMahieu. Mm-hmm. Um, sidebar, a lot of people don't want to uh, agree that DJ LeMahieu came from us, but he blew up in Colorado, so... um anyway it's just like the the biggest thing that i absolutely love is that it's jeter's like middle finger to the team because they're the only organization that could pay what miami gave him originally in an extended contract and they have got nothing in return other than making the playoffs and coming up short and he's been but Aaron Judge is six seven and he's two hundred and fifty whatever. He was grown in a lab. And listen, I don't listen again. Like you said, when you have a, a raised program that is producing dudes over and over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and the only thing the Yankees have to prove from their farm system is Aaron Judge. That's it. Oh, but we have these pitchers coming up. It's, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Do you? Why do you keep paying for players that are injured for a great deal of the season? Who is the who is the really big uh shorts uh short oh Miguel Andahar, right? What you know, he was supposed to be the next big thing. No, 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 no. Um he was supposed to be their third baseman. Yeah, I know. And he's okay. now stuck and in left field. I I thought the dude was playing uh the depth game everywhere, but that is more on brand if he's in the outfield. Um, it was the same thing with uh, Glaber Torres after they yeah. got after they got him from the Cubs for the Chapman trade, mm-hmm. right? And you know they said, "Oh, we won that deal because we got Chapman back." It's like, yeah. And how many titles has he gotten you since? Oh wait, Not a and it's just. One. The one thing with Anuhar is that I've, or uh, I'm sorry, with Glebar Torres is that he's declined more and more as a quote unquote premier shortstop. You haven't gotten him from what it's worth. For the record, the Cubs with Javier Baez 
you know, you have a guy who's held a staple at his position for, you know, since he's been called up. Mm-hmm. And this this really took a heavy turn of shitting on the Yankees, but, you know. <laughs> well, he, what, what happened, was, what happened was my York. girlfriend left the room, so, uh, you know, oh, I take gotta, gotta take advantage of the way we can, you know what I mean? We're gonna lose a lot of New York listeners, but we don't I care. don't care. Let's go Mets. <laughs> Let's go I said Rays. it. Let's go I said Rays. what I said. No, let's go Rays. Rays up. The Rays look primed to hold a very good June. Um, I, I don't care how this series will go against New York. I think they'll win that series. Texas sucks. Washington let's... is questionable. Baltimore is horrible. You go to Chicago, and that's a hard series. It is. And that road trip carries on when you uh, – Go to Seattle, but Seattle's abysmal. So you can mm-hmm. definitely take that series. You come home and face Boston before you wrap up the month and welcome another homecoming of Joe Madden with the Angels before finishing the uh, month in Washington against the Nats. I see another great month for the Rays and... Um, the next time we're having this conversation, we're going to be discussing who of the Rays deserve to be uh, on the All-Star team. Right now, um, my only my, – my two nominees, offense and uh, defense, I'm going with Tyler Glasnow, who is a Cy Young favorite, and Joey Wendell, the absolute weapon who's just absolutely destroying things. TV. Mm-hmm. I bet you want to see Randy Rosarena in the home run derby. I do want to see Randy Rosarena in the home run derby. And I'm very glad you said Joey Wendell deserves to be an all-star because I think I thought I was the only person on this earth who was thinking that. I'm very glad you said that. Obviously, Tyler Glasnow is a very, very solid candidate for a Cy Young, so he needs to be up there. But listen, Joey Wendell, put some respect to my man's name. Hell yes. My man has a fire stick for a bat. Hell Let's yes. be serious here. He can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. All right. And like and this, like this, we started this segment off by saying – one month later, now that we're in the second full month into the season, I feel a lot better about how my boys are going to play throughout the summer than I did at the end of April. So that winning streak plus you know the turnaround, um, that they've pretty much shown that they're still ready to compete and they're still able to hold this down. So I really think you know you have all the possible chances of repeating your division title or being a wild card. It doesn't matter, um, and I hope you Yanks, Yank fans know that this team is better than your team. I don't care if you disagree with that. It's an actual fact of statistics. You can look at the numbers. Because we're there. in first place, bitch. There's that. First place. Um, Guys, if I don't make it out of the next show, I'm in the Hudson River, okay? Okay. How? What um, funeral song do you want to go out to? Um... And Johnny, I hardly knew you by the Dropkick Murphys. Gotcha. Thank you. We're going to see the return of E3 come back and possibly put on one of the biggest showcases that a lot of nerds could hope for with no video game expo last year. So with new councils that dropped last holiday... Do you have the expectation that Sony and Microsoft 
maybe Nintendo tries to blow off the doors for this up-and-coming event. Well, I know for a fact Microsoft and Bethesda are going to try to blow the fucking doors off of it. We talked about it earlier um, this year about Bethesda uh, getting bought by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And they have announced that they do have a uh, PC and Xbox exclusive that is going to be dropping. And they're going to be announcing it at E3 this year. Mm-hmm. Um I gotta find the name of it because I don't have it right here in front of me. That's fine. So I um, think I think the the ones that are looking to be the the two biggest, which are the two like planned past co- press conferences, are Ubisoft and the Microsoft Bethesda combined one. They're so, the only ones confirmed so far. So far, those are the only two press conferences confirmed. Mm. There's there has been a lot of talk about how a lot of companies are not going to be at this year's E3. I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh. He must not be named. You you have some thoughts that you actually want to share on this. Uh yes. Um I really like think Ether in general is just like not as exciting as we used to view it as when we were kids. Um You're like, absolutely right. In general, I feel like a lot of video game companies now they just host their own, you know, when they have something big to announce, they host yep. their own two for two. You know, big big meeting and it's like why would a company want to spend all of this money to go present to d3 when they've got enough news and press cloud of their own to just announce it and you know they'll put out the same video they'll show d3 but now they don't have to spend all the money that's required for the stage presentation the show the set decoration you know it's what's the point like e3 has been a dying breed for the past 10 years that is a that's a true statement an excellent point what i only have to present for any argument at all is that because of the absence of the expo last year and you know probably one of the best years of gaming one of the most I i wouldn't say promising one of the best things that probably help people from going insane was how video games were there for people just like to keep their wits amongst them and people investing back into games um i would think that some of these studios and companies want to take advantage of that stage either if it's a kudos to the fans or just say but wait there's more and just probably do everything in their power to take advantage of it and get that audience back because you 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 are absolutely right they have lost a great deal of momentum over the past decade it hasn't uh meant worth a shit in um prior years as much as we loved it and most importantly exactly what you said with they have their own mini video thing i mean social media is a strong presence on the internet and every major company has their own outlet or channel that they you know put out there um because there are so many other outlets just to watch something they've ventured it only you know catered to those um conduits so the other thing and the reason why this is a little bit associated to this show is that one thing that we know is 
gained more and more popularity in in those recent years is esports and how that is growing to major momentum the one thing that i could see as a possibility but you know mind you this is me with my giant imagination what if e3 kicked off like this major gaming like um tv this is what i'm trying to compare it to okay you know how there's career slams like in golf yep and all that jazz yep yep yep. okay what if esports like does this in a signature and they started at e3 and make it a signature like wimbledon or the masters and then like because this is also going to be a great year in esports japan who's hosting the olympics tries to you know fluff this as much as possible and make this into a major thing that a lot of gamers look forward to so we got a lot of things float up here right now so i'm just trying to connect all the dots real quick okay mm-hmm. so i think what hughes not be named said is a very actually a very good point e3 has been losing momentum for years and unfortunately to the point you made how th- last year was a great year for gaming gaming is one of the one of the industries that made the most amount of money during COVID because people were locked in their houses they had to figure out something, had a lot not lose their mind when they're locked in their houses, so they play video games. Yes, I think COVID has, in a way, this COVID has. Although it was great for the video game industry as far as their sales are concerned, it has put the final nail in the coffin for E3 because, like he who shall not be named said, why are we having an E3 conference in a post-COVID world now? When literally Microsoft, Sony, Bethesda, Ubisoft, Activision, name any large from software any large gaming company would not just drop a social media post or a video and just say hey guys this is what we're rolling out this year you know for example look at how much stuff nintendo announces through their directs exactly yeah and it's and it's because like they've the unfortunate side is that they've lost more and more viewership during e3 they realize they they weren't the big fish in the pond and then that's why, you know, they stopped presenting at E3. They made Nintendo Treehouse for that exact place and then had more opportunity for people to come play hands-on and put in more demos. And then they started losing that presence. So now they just drop directs, especially with other franchises. That includes Mario, that includes Smash pokemon you name it because those are the ones that make money but um yeah that, that's probably another reason why i didn't even mention nintendo because they're not going to show up you know you start thinking about the same thing with sony and if sony does show up like a perfect example of what we're talking about right now is ubisoft who has said they're going to be at e3 released the trailer two days ago for far cry 6 and released multiple trailers, released a gameplay trailer, released a cinematic trailer, the whole nine yards. Oh, a week and a half, a week, two weeks before E3, you know? E3 is supposed to be, what, June 12th or 15th? Okay, so two weeks. Two weeks before E3, they dropped probably what's going to be Ubisoft's biggest game of the year in the Far Cry 6, right? And they didn't wait till E3 to do it. They just put videos out. What I do think could save E3 is the idea Esbro had. Have E3 be the inaugural start of the 
esports gaming season every single year. And you have that be the E3 is the first big tournament of the year, right? And you can turn these huge video game conferences basically into large esports tournaments, right? Well, um, this is exactly what Blizzard did because every year they host BlizzCon, where it's like yes. their own E3. Um, they make all of the big announcements for every one of their gaming lineups World of Warcraft, uh, Overwatch, uh, StarCraft, whatever, you know, pick your 30 games that they make. Yep. Um, and but they've also made it a huge hub for their tournaments for their games where it's a i believe that's where they do their finals i i i'm the fact checker so i can't go look that up real quick but <laughs> um dude. but like Who you know fact, check the fact checker huh? i don't kidding. know I'm kidding. Okay. Go ahead. No, Who i was trying to think of a, i was trying to think of a joke but i couldn't come to anything um, Who watches the watchman <laughs> but you know like in your i believe maddie's right like that is a possibility like of what they could do to save themselves and you know esports in general in this country are ripe for the taking because yep. nobody like nobody understands how to produce it and they see it's so successful in asian countries and they're like we could do this here but nobody can do it right yeah i think the best example you've ever seen of like a really really well done esports competition that you probably have to go back to 2018 or 18 to see like the very first like Fortnite world cup and i'd hate to to give Fortnite any advertisement but if you think about it that is a fantastic execution of an esports event right and again now in a post-covid world that's probably not going to be the thing to do but you can have that same style of event just you know obviously live streamed you know have all these guys in their it, at their setups like normal just have them all compete if california you know I mean? is opening up the staples center to watch uh the lakers and the clippers then by all means open up the floodgates for the nerds yeah why not i mean, <laughs> I mean like the thing is it's like you think that Fortnite, you know championship was big it's like every year pre-covid you would see like the league of legends tournament in uh south korea it's like they're in a stadium of mm -hmm. 80,000 people to watch these tournaments or whatever uh, a MOBA game that is big over there. I'm not for sure, but you see these things and it's like like the opportunity is right for the taking and nobody is stepping on it. Yep, exactly. And they you know. should. And they, and they and should, you know. Strike when the iron is hot. ESPN tried and then gave up. But I, I, I really think their attempt was very poor. It was, and the house of mouse isn't anything that doesn't make them greenbacks. Yeah, they didn't see the dollars in it, which yeah. is crazy because if you put, if ESPN put half of the amount of money that they did trying to get the U, like producing and advertising for the UFC, you could very easily sell esports, like very, very easily. But I think the thing was it was hard, like the traditional ESPN fan, you know, it was hard to sell them on esports that is also that's true. why they dropped it that is also, now, also I think, a lot of those bad fans too right that's and i think why they changed that demographic that i think it's sense. a great opportunity for somebody like fox sports to come in because they are all about like just throwing it and seeing what works and it is doing very well for them i believe it i believe it i think fox sports nbc sports i mean shit even bleacher report you know what i mean bleacher actually does a good um part covering it they do 
They really do. They need and more TV. They need to get more um, more TV spots, man. Every time they have a TV spot, it's fantastic. What's actually gonna make it work? <laughs> because this has gained more momentum. TV is that when people start betting on esports. I love when you read my mind because that was the, the next place I was going was you know who would actually probably do the best job at this? Daddy Dave. Barstool. <laughs> I was Barstool. literally about to make a Dave Portnoy joke. Um, <laughs> We're all on the same page. Great, great minds think alike. I really think that if you could get Barstool, Barstool bets, and esports all together, you could make a shit ton of money. Yes, you can. And we all know Daddy Dave loves money. And you know you will get the sports games, like the Maddens, the 2Ks, mm-hmm. the, the show. Fifas. I need the Big Fifas. Cat commenting on like a Fortnite tournament in my life. I oh my god, yeah. I don't care about Fortnite, but I just want to see <laughs> Big Cat just go off. Bro, can you imagine PFT just like riffing on someone in a FIFA match? Like that'd be freaking hilarious. I would so, love to watch that. That'd be so great, dude. Give me Deion Sanders freaking commenting on people playing the show. The amp. You know, I got a show I got World Series. Let's go. Let's go sell it to da- Daddy Dave and make and get hired by Barstool and then sell all of our shit to Barstool. I'm okay with that. Only if Barstool picks up the Aspro TV podcast. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the let's get a let's get a PMT collab, yo. Let's yeah. go. Uh, I'll I'll work on it, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody talk hungry? to your talk to your guy. Anybody hungry? Who's got the money? Starving, actually. Yeah, and I I made brats for dinner. I, I made brats. Finish them off. That's so good in beer. So uh, beer and onions. I yeah. had breakfast for dinner, so I win. Very nice, very nice. I had a nice Sicilian pizza, but breakfast for dinner you can never argue with. It's always a good time. Had by all. What is that cold pizza called? And it's like in a big box. TV. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Okay, never mind. Dave I'm Cut. not going to lie. Since I have moved to New York, I have not had a frozen pizza. Dave, Cut. no, 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 no. It's not a frozen pizza. Like, you, you bake this pizza and you let it sit like temp, like room temp. Okay. And you serve it room temp. No idea. It's it's probably not a uh, New York. It's probably some weird Chicago thing you guys do. No, it's not a... um. I don't know where I first... Like putting sauce on top of your cheese, you fucking weirdos. Are you talking about DiGiorno? (laughs) No. Matt's favorite pizza brand. Absolutely not. It's not delivery. It's disgusting. It's not delivery. It's diabetes. And I'm a Red Baron fan, mind you. Okay? Oh, God. Do do not insult the Red Baron. (laughs) This is is my last episode on the SRO TV podcast. I can't believe you're talking about Red Baron pizza right now. Shut up. Like, at least say Elio's or something. That's trash. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. I'm going to throw up. Um, We want to give props to the Facebook group, like, heating up, you know, food debates when we throw them out there. The peanut butter and jelly versus the grilled cheese fight was just absolutely fantastic. Just everybody just laying into PB&J saying that grilled cheese is superior. That conversation got so heated that even my girlfriend had to jump in and say something. That's Bro, I, so I stayed great. clear of that shit. I've li- when you were writing a Facebook comment and you see comments being posted as you're writing yours, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to 
delete everything I just wrote and just I'm gonna take a backseat on this one. What, what was I I didn't see you throw your two bits in what side? I didn't. I, I saw it got get heated. I'm just like I'm gonna stay and clear of this one. What side are you on? I mean, honestly, I, I to me the they could not be more different. <laughs> like they they are very different. They could not be more different. Um if you like gun to my head, you know, pick one or you die, I'd probably grill cheese. Okay. But I do I fuck around with peanut butter and jelly. Like, I do too. Like you could, you could form so many debates off of this debate. Like, what constitutes a grilled cheese? Like, right, exactly. Can, can there be ham? Can there what be about, bacon? What about a PB and J? Are we cool with crunchy peanut butter or creamy? Or like, what kind of jelly? Like, right. it's are we using you know, regular jam? Are we using strawberry jam? Like, what are we? We're you know, using what preserves. We... Like, this is so philosophical. I love it. It really is. You know, bait, <laughs> you know, you can learn a lot from somebody based on how they make grilled cheese or a um. A PB and J, you really can. I've made so many different versions of grilled cheese; it's just insane. And especially with the amount of different cheeses you can make with it. Correct. This thing is more. It's more. It's more flexible. Yeah. And to me personally, like I'm a savory over a sweet kind of person, ninety percent of the time. So if you give me something salty over something sweet, I'm gonna take it. I I, I respect that. I do. I will say nothing hits like a grilled cheese after I've worked like an 18 hour day and I'm so tired and I walk in the door and I just throw that sandwich together real quick. And I just like, I vibe on my couch, like while I'm trying to wind down from work. Like that is, that is an experience. See, that's what I'm saying though too. And like, you can have a grilled cheese with tomato soup or a nice chicken soup. You know what I mean? And it's just, it warms your soul. PB and J is like, I need just to eat something. PB&J is literally something I would make when I have the munchies, and I just don't want to throw anything together. I'll tell you what, though. Slap some peanut butter and jelly on two pieces of bread and just go to town. I'll tell you what. A PB&J I need to have multiple of, and I have the appetite for it. Grilled cheese is a one and done. Agreed. I I was actually eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other day, and I was sitting with my girlfriend, and I said to her, I'm like, I'm going to finish this. I'm not – actually, it was before I even started eating it, and I was like, I'm going to start eating this, and I guarantee you I'm going to want a second one. And like lo and behold, that was like five minutes later, I was in the kitchen making me another one. Isn't that crazy? I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about that sandwich, but it just I always need to have a second one. Yeah, it's, absolutely. I love having two PB&Js. I really do. Uh, my guilty pleasure actually is peanut butter and honey, and I actually do bananas. Cut peanut butter and honey is peanut butter bananas is fire. Any of the above with a nice cold glass of milk is fantastic. It's a wonderful way to end my evening. Now, do you guys do crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Creamy all day. Smooth, baby. Mm-hmm. I, can't I love crunchy. I, I really do. I do not. I love crunchy because I I'm I'm a peanut guy. I love peanut candy. If I ever get a peanut uh, allergy, just kill me. Um, because I love I love crunchy peanut butter on a PB and J because it's like having a second snack within your sandwich. <laughs> that is a good point. It's a very good point. That is a very good point. It's a very good point. I, like I, I'll, I'll eat crunchy peanut butter every now and again, but nine out of ten times it's usually smooth. So the one argument that I actually had that would work, like that's almost comparable to this, is from you know the ethnic side mm-hmm. when you sit down at a restaurant, and they're both like irresistible to you know not turn down, right? Um, chips and dip, or unlimited bread. Okay, I have, I have a couple questions here. Sure. With the unlimited bread, is there olive oil? 
Is there red pepper flakes? And is there parmesan? Is there parmesan cheese? Well, hold on. Most places where I go to, mainly only does the olive oil. That's fine. Mainly does the olive oil. I think by asking all of these questions, it's like it, I think it should just be flat out. What do you want? Chips and dip, or do you want bread? I want like, chips and dip. I'm a bread guy, and you're. Your Italian girlfriend is now going to stab you. No, she's not. She likes chips and dip too. We had Spanish Archer dip yesterday for lunch. That is not true at all. I guess I am ruling out the other kinds of chips and the other kinds of dips, if you put it that way. The, the, I just so, so of like pita chips. And I was that. just making an arbitrary. <clears throat> but I mean, like the common one is tortilla chips with salsa. Or guac or queso. And, you know, bread. And it's like the first thing what people say is that, you know, of course they'll walk in Olive Garden. They'll want the unlimited breadsticks. I've seen people just fucking load up on breadsticks. That's it's all I disgusting. do when I go to Olive Garden is I just get soup and breadsticks. Jesus Christ, man. That's, I, I don't care. If, like the stuff on the menu is decent. Like they actually make everything there from scratch. Right. Which a lot I don't, of people don't realize. I don't uh, blame you. It's just but, Olive Garden's trash. <laughs> not, yeah. Not really, bro. For what it is, it's not trash. Like, um, I have friends who had worked there, and they like literally everything in that place is made from scratch every single day. I'm not an Italian chain guy. I mean, I don't know. I think I hate that people just shit on chains just for the sake of chains. Uh, I believe that there are some good ones and in their place. Like, is it the greatest Italian food known to man? Absolutely not. Am I going there because I want a great Italian food experience? No, but I'm going there because I want something decent that I know and that it's a safe choice because there are there are a lot of terrible Italian restaurants around us. Yes, there are. I feel that I feel like I feel like chain, some chains do get a bad rap sometimes. Like, listen, I've been a big proponent of Buffalo Wild Wings. I love them. I don't care. People are always like, there's so many small sports bars you can go to. You know what? I like B Dubs. I just I like the way the wings are made. I like the environment. There are certain chains that I I can I can mess around with. Olive Garden is definitely not one of them. I respectfully disagree with you, but again, I also grew up with an Italian mom who whose family owned a restaurant. So, you see, know, I. I also I don't ever go household. out to Italian food. You know what I, mean? I, I don't ever right. go to an Italian restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, I grew up in a household where spaghetti was uh, like dried noodles and then thrown with some pasta sauce and ground beef. Like that's the household I grew up in. No, I got you. So like now uh, now Matt knows that I am a much better you know, cook nowadays than that, and I do respect good food and a good restaurant in there. But like when I choose a chain like that, I'm choosing – like, I understand that I am choosing a lack of not the best quality I'm going to get, but there are other f- things I'm choosing it for. I agree with that. So, the ant- I, I have I no am- room to talk. I'm a Taco Bell fanatic. <laughs> I mean, same. No like, room to talk. You're a disgusting piece of shit. You know like that? a cheesy gordita crunch just hits different after two <laughs> He's not wrong, it dude. He really does. He's not wrong. Bro. <laughs> So the fourth the, meal we trust. The fourth meal we trust. So, so help me God, ask bro if they ever discontinue Baja Blast would burn every, every single one of the motherfuckers. Every single around. one. Scorched single earth, one. motherfucker. Scorched earth. Scorched <laughs> earth. So I I would usually go with chips and dip. Um, yeah. But there are some instances where, you know, if you give me the right kind of bread, a little olive oil, a little pepper flakes, I'd be very happy. 
I'm I'm I love bread. I, really I hear do. you. I hear you. Um, munchies. When munchies attack, I definitely do love. Um, I do love chips and dip. Now, like, what's your premier like dipping sauce? Are we talking cheese queso. salsa? Queso. But you're sleeping on like one of the bigger ones is the buffalo chicken. No, dude. Yeah. I'm picky with that. Buffalo chicken's fire. I when do people kinda... make buffalo chicken dip, because some people make some shitty buffalo chicken dip. No, I hate it when people make buffalo chicken dip and they like they have to throw like the celery and the carrots in there, and it's like I'm not trying to have a wing experience with your chicken dip. I just want my buffalo and sauce. I make a mean guac, so like I love guacamole. Guac's probably my go-to. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, if you can put just about avocado on just about anything for me, and I'll eat it. That is true. We were, we were sleeping on the guac. That is fair. Yeah. Love guac. I absolutely love this, it. This is a hard bit, so we're going to have to turn this one over to Facebook. We are. And, and let them decide. We're going to have to have – we're going to have a few things. We're going to have to say, A, chips and dip or bread, and then also, what is the superior dip to dip your chips in? That's – Oh man, that's hard. I know. I think that's the debate on its own. I is... I, I I believe that is the more heated debate. What, what is, is the superior what is the superior dip? We'll go with that one. Sounds good to me. Stay tuned, folks. Watch the for, Facebook polls for sure. For damn sure. All right. So the last thing we're gonna wrap the debate with, or debate the show. I'm sorry. One thing we're going to wrap the show with, um, keeping sports and, you know, mental health hand in hand is the headlines we see right now with Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open after being fined $15,000 by the... I, I cannot recall if it's the Tennis Federation or the Grand Slam Committee. It's, um, I, I, I'm reading too many different things. The, the point is, is that Miss Osaka is having a hard time maintaining her major status as a rising and dominant tennis star. And uh, the French Open fined Naomi Osaka $15,000 after missing, um, let me see here, uh, mandatory press interviews after her victory. Yes. Thank and you. She's ranked as the number two tennis player in the world. And that's the slam committee because the Open is part of the slam. So um, the point of all of this is that Osaka has been open about her struggles with mental illness, especially in the public eye, especially on her rise to stardom. It has been hard for her maintaining it. And, you know, when somebody's this open about it, and saying that it's just, I want my breathing room. And the big cheeses that are running, you know, the tournaments turn around and say, listen, 
you're going to get out there and you're going to, you know, do what you're being paid to do. At some point, this this pisses somebody off and says, absolutely not. I don't want to do this. And, you know, people need to understand to respect somebody's mental health and how they're feeling. I mean, is it wrong for these people to have breathing room or to rest after um, being victorious or perhaps losing? Is it wrong that they want to avoid the press? I mean, when when did it become a mandatory ideal for these people? Because I, I understand freedom of speech is one thing, and the press, you know, now has, I guess, a mandatory stay in a locker room. But, you know, this is a prime example when somebody says... Um, no, thank you. And you need to let somebody, you know, have their day. I mean, gentlemen, what do, what do you think? So my thing on this is, and I do appreciate Naomi's stance on it. And the, I think the statement she gave was very, very fascinating. And I think really opened, you know, very much made herself an open book so that people can kind of see where she's coming from. She is a self-admitted introvert and has like, Esther Rosa had stated she has dealt with depression since 2018. Listen, I don't understand why these – Since 2018, not since she was 18. I don't even know how long. I said – I'm pretty sure I said 2018, but either way. Yeah. E either way. Listen, I, I don't understand why these these athletes have to do press conferences if they don't want to. I, I really don't. And – I understand why she withdrew because of the big deal that was made about it. I don't, uh, you know what? If she got fined, if they have to get fined because they don't throw up at press conferences, I think that's fine. But I don't understand why the media has to blow it, blow it out of proportion. Why is it a big deal that she skipped interviews? I mean, it's it's crazy to me, especially when we've we have seen stuff like this where Marshawn Lynch literally sat in front of a hot mic for seven and a half minutes and just re kept repeatedly saying, "I'm just here, so I won't get fined." I'm just here so I won't get fined. And we have seen this time and time again from several different athletes, Marshawn Lynch, Island Iverson, Russell Westbrook, people that don't want to do these post-game interviews or post-match interviews. I'm glad you brought up not just Marshawn but other athletes because there's a few other examples I want to bring up to you. Sure. Especially a fresh one. But to go back and touch about Marshawn, it's just Marshawn – he realized it, it wasn't he didn't know how to deal with press. He didn't want to talk to the press. Correct. And he didn't care either. It's just what, you know, became a frustrating mindset is he hated that he had to do this week in and week out. I get it. I get it. You if if I'm an athlete. I don't care if about my status. I just want to, and I'm looking at my job as my only thing in priority. I don't care about stars. I don't care about sponsorship. Like, you know, if, if I have to go and endorse something, that's why you pay me in a commercial. And you know what's funny? That whole tactic paid off for Marshawn mm -hmm. really well. 
mm-hmm. fantastically well. Absolutely. He, uh, it got him his Skittles promotion immediately. His favorite candy. The issue with press and sports is that it serves absolutely no benefit to the athlete. It is only there to benefit the league in which the athlete is involved in, and it is only there to benefit the press itself. And they all know this. The mm-hmm. reason why they have these fines is because they know if the out- athlete is out there saying something to the press, it's going to drum up clicks and views on these web pages or these media outlets' websites, and therefore bringing more money to the league. And let me, secondly, let me get this straight real quick. You're you're telling me that the money source that is pretty much invested for the press, internet, TV, you know, any network, like you, you could go on and on, newspaper, magazine, if people still use those, okay, that is all dependent on one person saying something, regardless of their status. And if that person doesn't say anything, all those things lose money, and therefore the league that operates this one person is the one that faces the consequences because the other people didn't make their um, their money nut? That doesn't sound fucked up to you? It, it absolutely is. And circling back to the mental health issue of Naomi, and I am also in complete support of her, and I am in complete support of people taking control of their mental health and making it public and addressing it and uh making the world comfortable with it i think that she or not she in particular but like every athlete um has a right to speak out against the media and the things they're doing to them lewis hamilton is a formula one driver and i know you guys don't watch it but he is he's a black british formula one driver and he is one seven uh world championships six or seven okay and has broke many many records in the past 10 years and he has to deal with so much harassment from the press it's amazing the man is able to actually go out and do the sport that he's paid to do and you see it all the time in soccer it's like and the problem with press nowadays is they're not even trying to make proper sports news. They're just trying to get these athletes to have these clickbaitable quotes and just to get their little soundbite of information just to attract views and clicks on their websites. If news journalists were trying to properly be journalists with sports i would be more willing to side with them but they're not they're a majority of them are not respectable it's like what you said these these post-game interviews i've even talked about on the show several times when it comes to mma fights why are you interviewing a guy after he's literally been taking head trauma for 15 minutes why is that a thing why is that a thing up until about two years ago they would they would interview fighters after they've been ko'd that doesn't happen anymore thank god but not only are these interviews only for the positive influence for the organizations the sport itself and the press the interviews like he who should not be named said is usually towards the detriment of the athlete because the press is trying to get a rise out of them Right. And yes, I am sure there are very competent sports journalists out there that go out there and really ask the hard hitting questions about the game, about, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there's also a lot of journalists out there that want to talk about bullshit. 
and they want you to hit a clickbait sound sound bit so that they can make their nut at the end of the day. That's it. There's and- an interesting article that um, I read today, you know, just trying to get more knowledge on this, looking in between um, what's going on recently in the NBA playoffs with uh, the attendance. And I came across this in the athletic on um, a conversation that LaMarcus Aldridge finally had. And it, what really was the more stress to his condition on why he chose to retire is because of his condition with Wolf Parkinson white syndrome um, being something stressful that he had to maintain. And it, it became news to everybody when he retired um, and when he had it, but it's just keeping that under wraps was very stressful to him. And when he wasn't performing to the all-star expectation, he once had uh, from Portland to San Antonio. That really took a toll on him. He Mm -hmm. admits major depression. And even with not making the impact that he wanted to do with the Brooklyn Nets, it became hard you know, for him. And I see the reason why he had to walk away. It's rough. TV, I wish you had The Athletic to read this because it's... Bleacher Report did um, drop a snippet of it Mm. on their Instagram page, and I did read it. And listen, I give LaMarcus a lot of credit, just like we talked about giving Naomi a lot of credit for going out there and Mm. saying how they're really feeling. And if you think about it from those kind of perspectives, right, whether you're LaMarcus Aldridge and you're the face of a franchise like he was when he was a first-round draft pick for the Portland Trailblazers, or Naomi Osaka, who is a girl in her young 20s, early 20s, who is the face of a sport, not just a franchise, of a sport. Mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka right now, outside of Serena Williams, is the most recognizable tennis player in the world. Yep. Period. Mm -hmm. Period. So to deal with that on a daily basis, and at the same time, as Dave pointed out with Lewis Hamilton, not only doing the sport, but competing at the highest level, Naomi Osaka's 23, by the way, doing that sport at the highest level, winning, and then on top of everything else, having to go and sit in front of a hot mic, knowing damn well that the majority of the people in this room are trying to get you to say something stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. So they can make money off of it. Or take advantage of you. Right. And erroneous of all of that, right? Let's just let's just pretend here for a second that all media personnel are fantastic people, right? <laughs> and all sports media journalists are only trying to get the best out of these athletes and trying to cover the real stuff. That is a lot to ask of a person that is already carrying the weight of being the face of the franchise or the face of a sport and also competing at that sport and trying to be victorious at the same time. So mm-hmm. why do they have to do press? And again, why find them? Okay, find them. But why is it news? That's the whole. This, the this whole is going to be the hardest part with the freedom of the press because well, and, limiting the press. Well, this is a perfect example. And asking of this. them to ask the question is but, isn't something that a lot of people are going to be happy with. But they're not limiting the press. The press are more than welcome to show up. The question is, is like the athlete's free choice to be there. 
Right. That is what we are saying. It's not limiting the press. You're not limiting the press's access to the situation. You can let the press come to your press room and then tell your athletes, go out there if you want to. We don't care. Right. There's there's certain celebrities that conduct interviews that you're not allowed to ask certain questions. And there's been hot recordings of people leaving sets because a certain question was asked oh, and it listen. just hit the wrong chord. I don't know why athletes can't have the you've same seen, liberty. You've seen celebrities freedom. do it. You've seen you've seen um, actors, musicians, artists do it. Mm-hmm. You you have seen some athletes do it. There are certain you know there are certain hot topic issues that you know people don't want the certain athletes don't want to talk about it's what makes me nauseous is the fact that this girl was trying to keep herself out of the press and her decision to keep herself out of the press got her more in the press that is the whole evil cycle of this thing because she decided not to show up at the press conference it became a bigger deal right because instead of just okay she didn't show up okay she gets fine. And yes, I understand a lot of these athletes, like if you play for a basketball or football or a baseball team in the United States, aren't in your contract, I'm sure there is some sort of media obligation that you are signing to, right? And I understand that. But again, like you know who said, why is that even in the contract? Why? If you want to go out there and talk, go for it. If you don't, don't. Plays There's a lot simple. of people from the fan perspective would just not understand from a mindset that's like, oh, you know, I would do anything for that attention or that money. It's just like, yeah, yeah, sure you would. So you how have would it. you be able to handle it? Yeah, listen, a lot of people gave gave Kyrie Irving shit in the beginning of the season because he decided to step away from the team because he got absolutely flamed in the media mm-hmm. for wearing for for going to a a birthday party and not wearing a mask, right? And do I agree that he probably should have been wearing a mask? During that time, yeah, probably. But do you blame the guy for not wanting to go to work after all they're talking about is you not wearing a mask at a birthday party, not talking about how well you're doing, about how your team has acquired James Harden, about how you have possibly you know, one of the best big threes to be assembled? No, it's just it's worried about, well, well why don't you want to talk to us? It's – I think the big thing to blame is uh... – you know, we made jokes about him earlier, but like the Skip Bayless hot take culture, like yep. that's all it is about. Absolutely. God, yeah. Absolutely. Horrible. And listen, you have a lot of athletes who won't talk to people like Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or whoever. Why do you he, think Jim Rome doesn't have a job? He, that is, that is he does have much. a job. I'm just saying like he doesn't have as much media attention as he used to anymore. Correct. Listen, Colin Cowherd, the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a lot it's of- just a lot of these journalists who end up getting the TV deal, they do end up taking their ego too far. It's another reason why I don't like watching Stephen A. Smith either. Absolutely not. And to be honest, my favorite things are honestly when these athletes do take control of these interviews. <clears throat> the two best examples I can think of is Marshawn Lynch and Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. We talking about practice. <laughs> Uh, I miss tidbits in our in our show. I do too. So with those, we're getting a little long in the tooth here, bud. What do you say we call it a night? I could agree. All right, right about there. Real this, quick, uh, sports wrap up. Just as we did a nice big sports show today, uh, Tampa Bay did beat uh, the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. So Tampa Bay Lightning do have a two zero lead in that series. 
Let's go, Bulls. Watching the top of the 11th of the Rays take on the Yankees. And I really want to get in front of the TV to watch the Suns uh, beat the uh, Anthony Davis less Lakers as ESPN writes this. God, that's so fucking quiet. Yep. Suns are up by eight at the end of the first quarter. And the Denver Portland game is a two point game with three to go to third. So a lot of good sports on right now, everybody. Go enjoy it. Summertime. Summertime hot, baby. Summer's here. All right. Well, my name has been Maddie. We've had a great show of the Esbro TV podcast. A lot of good stuff going on between the Facebook. Lots of great stuff that has been going on. Um, Izzy, we wanted to thank you for joining us on the show last week. Um, hopefully, we're collecting more of the nerds bit by bit. Uh, we're going to probably have some other guests come on uh, all summer long. So tune in for that. TV, take us home. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Esbro TV podcast. My name is TV. You can follow the podcast at Esbro TV underscore pod on Instagram, at ETV underscore pod on Twitter, Esbro TV podcast on Facebook. Check us out. Thank you for listening. Esbro, it's always a pleasure. He should not be named. Thank you for doing everything you do. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Peace and love.